Thank you very much. Good morning. I might have turned to John chapter 6. A couple quick announcements. They wanted me to mention that uh, we're starting to lock the front doors at 1035 as a security measure. They keep an eye on the doors if somebody happens to be late. So if you ever are late, I'm not saying give up and, and don't come. Uh, but just be aware of that. Again, that's something, one of the things we're doing just as a security precaution. Um, and yeah, I'd like to welcome the Coffins. Great to have you guys with us today. John chapter 6, verses 27 to 35. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, We thank you for this day and this opportunity to come together to praise your glorious name. Lord, may we be ever mindful of the wonders of your goodness. May we love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And we thank you for your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has come into the world to bring your kingdom, to shine his light, and to reconcile sinful humanity to you. It is Jesus alone who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord, we pray for this season that we're in. For many of us, these are stressful times, uncertain times. We see what's going on in our nation and around the world. It can be easy to be discouraged. We pray for your nearness, though, Lord. May we be people who are not stressed by the concerns and worries of the world, but let us be people who walk in faith every day. Let us be people who trust in you. We again pray for our time in your word. Lord, I thank you for every person here. And I pray again that we can be encouraged, edified, exhorted, and enlightened through your word. And most importantly, I pray that we can be pointed to your gospel. Lord, and I also would like to pray for Joel and Sally who are with us today. Lord, I thank you for the many years of faithful ministry and service that they have done in Japan and the work that they're doing now at Purdue University, Lord. And as they do transition They continue to do your work, Lord, and I pray for many, many more years of faithful gospel service and just lifting your name up high and pointing people to you, Lord. I pray for that for them and for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. In World War II, thousands of children throughout Europe were left orphaned. Some of them ended up in refugee camps. With the trauma of war, losing their homes, losing their families, it should be no surprise that many of them struggled to sleep. 
efforts to comfort and reassure the kids didn't help. Until someone came up with the ingenious idea to give each of the kids a piece of bread to take with them to bed every night. It was a reminder that the kids had eaten the day before, that they had food for the next day. It was a reminder that they were cared for, and it gave a sense of security. Among our most basic needs that we have as people is our need to eat. And this morning, as we continue in the Gospel of John, Jesus will make a profound statement to a crowd which has been following him when he says to them, I am the bread of life. And so we're going to continue this morning in John in our passage, and we're going to look at three points in this section, and with that we'll jump right in. The first part of this passage is a question answered. Just as a reminder, we're in John chapter 6, which covers Jesus feeding a multitude of 5,000 men, not to mention their wives and children, with five loaves of bread and two fish. And it's the next day, and Jesus is speaking to the same people who had eaten the bread and the fish. They had followed Jesus to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Beginning in verse 27, Jesus says to the crowd, Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. So there are two kinds of food. The food that perishes, that was the food which Jesus had provided to the crowd. But a second type of food, which is the food that endures to eternal life. And that is the food which Jesus ultimately came into the world to bring. But the crowd is focused on the first kind, the food that perishes. Jesus is focused on the second kind. They're preoccupied with what's natural and physical. If you remember from last week's passage, Jesus had rebuked the crowd when he said in verse 26, You are seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. They had missed the true point of the sign. They're focused on what Jesus is doing for them. They're focused on the world around them, not the world above, not heaven above. Verse 28, the crowd asks Jesus, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Not an unreasonable question. But the work of God is not about a level of moral achievement or excellence which we can attain. Jesus tells them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Really, that's a wonderful summary of the gospel. The world labors to earn salvation, to be good enough for God, to have a leg to stand on before the Almighty. But what this verse is saying is that do you want to be right with God? Do you want to be forgiven? Do you want to know grace? Then believe in the one whom he has sent. Believe in Jesus. Where is your belief? If you ever question if you're good enough or not, you aren't. But the good news is that Jesus is. If you struggle with doubts, struggle with despair, remember that salvation is not about how good you are. If it were, none of us would have any hope. Real salvation is in believing in the one whom God has sent. Jesus has already said similar things in this book of John. John 3.16, 
the most well-known verse in the New Testament. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And again in John 5, 24, Jesus says, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Jesus is the way to forgiveness and grace. In Romans 10, 13, Paul says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The work of God is faith. Genuine belief in who Jesus is. That is the basis for our forgiveness and for our right standing before God. It is entirely the work of Christ. To quote the great Puritan preacher Jonathan Edwards, You contribute nothing to your own salvation except the sin that made it necessary. Where is your faith? If it is in anything except for the work of Christ then you are resting your hope in another gospel, which is no gospel at all. There is one way to do the work of God in the world and be made right with him, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus. Second point, a sign demanded. But they want to see greater signs. Jesus is saying that they need to believe in him. Jesus has literally just done a sign for them, but they want more. Verses 30 and 31, Jesus says, I'm sorry, the crowd said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Again, what they're saying is that they want an even greater sign than the manna from heaven that had been provided to the Israelites. Just a quick synopsis of the manna from heaven. When the Israelites were in the desert, they didn't have a lot of options for food. It was a whole nation of people traveling. The desert is not the best ecosystem, not the most friendly ecosystem for hunting and foraging. It's not like they could stop off at the grocery store and just get a few days' worth of supplies. Yet... It was God who had brought them in to the desert. And if God leads, he will provide for his purposes. And so God had miraculously fed the Israelites with this bread from heaven called manna. Six days a week. And they were supposed to collect two days worth on the sixth day so they could rest on the seventh. But God did this week after week, year after year for the Israelites. And here you have Jesus with another crowd, another multitude, and they demand a greater sign. But what's their motivation? I've talked about this before, but in the first century, you had all sorts of expectations about what the Messiah would do, what he would be like. And Jesus doesn't really fit into any of their expectations. A lot of people thought that the Messiah would come and be an earthly king. And actually, if you recall, that's their response to Jesus when he originally fed them. John 6.15. Perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Jesus is the king of kings, but he did not primarily come 
to be an earthly territorial king, as many expected. And as we mentioned a few moments ago, Jesus has also rebuked the crowd for following him, not because of who he was, but because he had fed them. When he said, you were seeking not me, you were seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. But here again, the crowd asks for another sign. Is it really because they want to follow him? Richard Phillips talks about this in his commentary on John. He suggests that the crowd is actually trying to justify themselves, trying to justify what they're continuing to do, what they're continuing to believe. And I think that is the most reasonable interpretation, that the crowd is asking for a sign not because they want to believe. They're challenging Jesus because they don't want to believe. And so as we've seen numerous times already in John's gospel, there's a lot of irony. They ask for a sign when he's already done a sign. In fact, Jesus did another sign. After that, when he walked on water, they just didn't see it. There's no lack of miraculous activity in Jesus' ministry. They ask for manna when he's just given them bread. The bread itself was the sign that was indicative that Jesus was coming to provide the greater manna. And the bread which Jesus gave was greater than the manna because unlike manna, which needed to be collected every day, the eternal life which Jesus provides is something that he gives once and forever. There's irony in that they're challenging him by comparing him to Moses when Jesus does greater things than Moses did. But Jesus is not a magician. He's not an entertainer. He does not primarily exist to impress people. And so he's not going to bend to their whims. Back in our passage, verse 32, Jesus is responding to the crowd who want to see further signs. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Jesus brings up Moses because that's what he's being compared to. But Jesus is the greater Moses. And the bread that was provided during the time of Moses had come from God, not Moses. And he continues speaking to the crowd. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus is referring to himself. He is the bread of God who comes down from heaven. While the manna sustained life, Jesus is the one who gives life, true life, eternal life to the world. Jesus is once again using a metaphor to communicate a profound truth to the world. And once again, people miss the metaphor. He is the bread from heaven who sustains the human soul. In John chapter 3, when Jesus talks to Nicodemus, he tells him that he must be born again, referring to spiritual rebirth and regeneration. Nicodemus misses the point. He looks at it in merely physical terms, takes it literally referring to being physically born a second time. Chapter 4, Jesus talks with a woman at the well and tells her of the living water that he provides. She misses the point, thinks he's simply talking about water. He's talking about the spiritual renewal that he brings. 
And here again, Jesus talks of himself as the bread from heaven. And they miss the point. Verse 34, they think he's just talking about bread. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And we come to our key verse in the passage. And that brings us to our third and final point, a sign explained. 635, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Before we get into this verse, I want to give a brief aside on two words. I am. In John's gospel, Jesus makes what are known as the I am statements. Verse 35 here is the first of them in the Gospel of John where he says, I am the bread of life. In other sections, Jesus will go on to say, I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. And there are a few reasons why these statements are significant. First, Jesus is making revelations about himself his ministry, and his mission in the world through these statements. Second, each of these statements is unique to John's gospel. In the other gospels, Jesus certainly makes statements about himself, statements that inform us of who he is. But the formula of Jesus saying, I am, and following that with a metaphorical statement about his identity, is only in John. The statements matter, thirdly, because they have resonance in the Old Testament. For instance, we've already talked about this, but him saying, I am the bread of life, alludes to the manna from heaven. But the I am statements also allude to the Old Testament passages, such as Exodus 3, when God called upon Moses to lead the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. And Moses asks God to reveal his divine name. Exodus 3, verses 13 and 14. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God simply refers to himself as I am. He is being in itself. We often like to anthropomorphize God. We give him human characteristics. Dennis Phillips points this out, this language out in his book, Before Abraham Was, I Am. Phillips says his hand offers protection. His arm indicates strength. The heavens are the work of his fingers. We are under his watchful eye. He is our king and at the same time our heavenly father. All of those ideas are biblical, and all of those ideas are helpful in our understanding of God. But God is also grand and mysterious. And it is his being that he communicates to Moses, and that is at the same time language which Jesus picks up during his I am statements. Pure existence and being. None of us can say that, because there was a time... When we were not. And all of our lives depend on God's provision and sustenance and providence. And unless Christ returns during our lifetimes, all of us will die. 
But God can say, I am. And so can Jesus. So while the I am statements do make claims about the ministry of Christ, they are also inherently making claims about his divinity. Jesus is the I am. Something else that's interesting, a little bit of Greek briefly. There's basically two ways in Greek to say I am. The typical way would be the Greek word Amy. If you're wondering if that's where the name Amy comes from, it is not. But the Greek word Amy means I am. And again, I would say that's the more common way to say it. I am Josh. I am a pastor. I am going to the store. Whatever. But for the I am statements, and other times where Jesus says I am, they actually add an extra word in the Greek. So again, the word Amy means I am. It's one word. But when Jesus says I am, he adds the personal pronoun. In other words, our word I, he adds before he says I am for extra emphasis. And in Exodus 3, where God says, I am to Moses, that is the same way that when the Old Testament was translated from Hebrew to Greek, that the translators used to uh, translate God saying, I am to Moses. And because of that, I take that as an obvious reference to Christ's divinity. Returning to our passage, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Let's think about bread for a moment. That's the perfect food to pick. Something that is such a staple of life. Most foods, you can find someone who doesn't like them. Cheese is amazing, but there's people who don't like cheese. There's people who don't like chicken or pork or fish. There's weirdos who don't like chocolate. (laughs) Everyone likes bread, though. It's a universal staple. A lot of restaurants you go to, they just give you a bowl of bread. You go to an Italian restaurant, maybe it'll be breadsticks, or maybe it'll be some sort of bread and olive oil that they just give to you. You go to a Mexican restaurant, it's chips and salsa. The tortilla chip is just bread that they fried. They didn't even charge you for it. Just here, have some bread. Go to a Mediterranean restaurant, it will come with a pita. Go to an Indian restaurant, it will come with naan. I asked the coffins about in Japan. Bread is not as much a staple there, but they give you rice, which is still a grain that can still be ground into flour to make bread. And again, at restaurants, they just give you bread, and that only works with bread. Can you imagine going to a restaurant and they just give you a bowl of broccoli? No, you can't even imagine that. A lot of popular chain restaurants. Really, bread is the star of why we go there. Red Lobster, it's about the biscuits. No one's going to Red Lobster for their weak old fish and sea roaches. We love bread. The Stouts were with us a few weeks ago, missionaries in France. Don told me that in France, some people will literally pick where they live based on proximity to a bakery. It's so much a part of the culture. It plays a major role in our favorite foods. Pizza, cheeseburgers, fried chicken, meatballs, 
a meatball. It's already a great idea. It's a ball of meat, and we're like, no, we need to add breadcrumbs to it. We add bread to things that don't have anything to do with bread. A salad, mostly vegetables. Let's add croutons. Soup, mostly liquid. Let's add crackers. Let's put it in a bread bowl. Ice cream. Soup people were onto something. Let's get rid of the bowl, put it onto a cone. We love bread. Most of our favorite desserts are basically glorified, sweeter versions of bread, cake and donuts. Favorite breakfast foods, pancakes, waffles, French toast, bagels. Rich people love bread. Poor people love bread. Old people love bread. Young people love bread. We love it so much that many years ago, people said, I wonder if there's a way to drink this stuff. And that's how beer was invented. I don't know if that's true or not. But, <laughs> but we love bread. Have you ever seen somebody on the Atkins diet? The spark goes out of their eyes. <laughs> Bread impacts our language and our sayings. Think about the achievements that we've made as a society. We've cured horrible diseases, been to the moon, invented the internet. But when something new comes along, none of those come into focus. We compare it to how it measures up to sliced bread, and that's invention. When we eat together, we call that breaking bread. We call money dough. The person who makes more money in a relationship is the breadwinner. If someone wants too much out of a situation, they want to have their cake and eat it too. And then we consider in the Bible, bread. We've talked at great length about manna. Jesus references bread in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. It is bread to which Jesus refers when the devil tempts him. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is quoting the book of Deuteronomy. He says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Even the place where Jesus was born, Bethlehem in Hebrew means house of bread. And it is bread at the Last Supper, which Jesus institutes communion, where he takes the bread, breaks it, and says, this is my body, which is broken for you. Bread matters in our lives, in our society, and in the Bible. The crowd wanted to be dazzled with greater signs and wonders. But instead, Jesus explains the significance of the, of the sign when he fed the multitudes. The manna from heaven was the bread which God gave to the Israelites to sustain them during their desert wanderings. But Jesus is the bread of life which God has given to sustain the human soul. The people followed Jesus because he filled their stomachs, but Jesus came to save souls. The people wanted to see a physical display of the glory and power of God. But Jesus came to fulfill the longings of the human soul. And it's for that reason that Jesus is the greater bread. The manna had to be collected every day. Jesus is the bread which gives eternal life at the moment you believe in him. But as the manna was collected daily, there is still a daily element to the bread which Jesus provides as he himself is the bread we need every day for our spiritual sustenance. Without the bread which Jesus provides, we grow spiritually hungry and malnourished. We need to feed upon him every day. We need to commune with Christ every day. Anytime you're struggling spiritually, feel like you're just going through the motions, feel like you're in a funk, 
the first thing you should ask yourself is what your daily devotion to Christ looks like. Going to him, praying, meditating on his word, serving his people, loving his people, orienting our lives and hearts around him and his mission and ministry in the world. Because Jesus is the eternal nourishment and the daily bread without which we spiritually starve. The world wants to just satisfy the body. If you can have enough money, you'll be secure and have the things that you need. Some people are drawn to intimacy and feel like that will sustain their soul, looking at fulfilling physical desires. Some look to prestige and power. But those are still ultimately fleeting accolades that you can't take with you. Dying people in a dying world honoring one another. Some people look to politics, the right party being in office, men who are fallen and sinful, flesh and bones, making men out to be our hope. The world makes idols of what is fleeting and feeds the body. Jesus feeds the soul. Jesus is the bread of life. Where is your hope? Is it in the material? Is it in today? Is it in what you have or who you are? Is it in what's in front of you? Or is it in the eternal Lord of creation? The crowd had already asked Jesus, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Here at the end of the passage, Jesus will say to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. We're called to come to him. Coming to him in humility. Coming to him, realizing our needs, realizing our hunger. And we are to believe in him, to trust in his gospel and his grace. We must recognize that we are sinners in need of a savior. That is what we do to receive the bread of life. We believe in Jesus. And he invites us to never hunger or thirst because it is he and he alone who fulfills the longings of the human soul. He is the bread of life. He is the one who brings us to God through his gospel. He is the one whose body was broken so that we could be forgiven. Let us praise the Lord. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we do pray daily to know you better and to worship and serve you. Lord, you are good. We eternally praise you for the gift of redemption and forgiveness through your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.